Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, our first event of the evening is a one-call match with a 15-minute time limit. There ain't nobody. There ain't nobody in wrestling who can make me quit. And that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold said so. Tuesday. We are what wrestling's all about. New York City here. Chicago here. Jamie on my left. Linda on my right. But I'm not telling any of the girls who I'm going to give it to in Chicago until that night. Tuesday, wrestling. Tuesday returns to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. It's Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Jonathan Hood with you. So glad that you are with us every Tuesday after SmackDown Live is over on the USA Network. We are here bringing you pro wrestling slash sports entertainment conversation. We have two great guests. We're going to hear from the last real man, Milwaukee's own Silas Young from Ring of Honor. We'll get his thoughts on his Green Bay Packers, of course, and his Milwaukee Brewers. And, of course, the, the ROH is really doing some great things, especially next year when they go to Madison Square Garden. They've already sold that show out for next April, ROH and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So we'll hear from Silas Young coming up. Also, Josh Lopez from the Josh Lopez Wrestling Podcast on YouTube, Chicago Zone. We'll hear from Joshy and get his thoughts on some of the storylines around professional wrestling. Uh, we have to start off, though, talking about the passing of Jim the Anvil Nineheart. One half of the Hart Foundation in the WWF. They were tag team champions, Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Nineheart, managed by Jimmy Hart. A terrific tag team, without question. And Jim Nineheart, when you go back to the WWE Network, you can find early footage of Jim Nineheart as um, as a wrestler with Mid-South. Also in the Stampede, Calgary area, was a terrific football player turned pro wrestler. And Jim Nineheart, again, a great tag team wrestler, and had his own personality. So um, all the best to his daughter, Natty Nineheart, who wrestles for the WWE right now in the women's division, and that whole family, because uh, Nightheart is definitely one of the uh, great characters that we've seen in wrestling over the years, and uh, he passed away a few days ago. This has been a really tough summer, if you're a wrestling fan, for some of your favorites uh, passing away in the wrestling business. Joining us now is the last real man, Milwaukee's own Silas Young from Ring of Honor Wrestling, and he joins us here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Silas, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Now, look at this. Look at Silas Young already with the smile on his face. What a great day for you, huh? Milwaukee Brewers yeah. shut out the what the Cubs 7-0. Uh, training camp's open for the Green Bay Packers. You're a happy man right now. Absolutely. It's a great time of the year. <laughs> what about this What about this Brewers team? You know it's coming down to the Cubs and the Brewers probably in the National League Central. What do you think is going to be the turnaround here? No one's really a favorite, I don't think, in the National League, but it might come down to those two teams. You know, it's 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 always hard to tell with the Brewers. You know, they 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 seem to be real hit or miss. We have a lot of seasons where you do good at the beginning of the season, then after the All Star break, they you know they kind of all falls apart. So you know, I know baseball is just one of those sports too where you know it just seems like only time will tell you the story. 
All right, let's let's break it down here as a Packers fan that you are. Let's let's break this down. So how about Aaron Rodgers calling out his wide receivers already? We're so early in the camp. A full heel turn from Aaron Rodgers. How did you read that when he was talking about how he wasn't happy with the effort? Uh, you know, I, I think I think for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, with everything he's done and you know the respect he has in the league, I think he does that more to you know try and fire up the young guys than to uh, to be disrespectful or call them out or anything. I think he he does it as a way to try and motivate them. You know, we we live in a, a day and age where everybody's so offended so easily and everybody's so so easily to get hurt that I, I'm you know I'm glad that he does it. That's something that a real man would do. That's right, like you, absolutely. So if the Packers only win one title, we've talked about this in the past on shows regarding the the Packers, because to me, there should have been a couple of championships that's been won by Green Bay at this point, Silas. So if the Packers only win one championship under McCarthy and Rodgers, how disappointing is that? After all the talent, after all the, the, the free agents that have come in there and the draft picks, if there's only one, is that good enough for you? You know, no, it's not because you know you said it. They they they've had you know chances that seems like should have been them that just slipped through their fingers. You know, uh, the, the Packers have this weird thing where you know, I mean, I know it happens everywhere in the league, but they always seem to have so many injuries every year, so many injuries, and then you have so many positions that are lagging. But you know, I think I think they have a good, they do a good job of developing developing young players and. You know, I think it would be a disappointment if they only get one championship. I think it's about time that you start looking into the free agent pile. You know, for, for years um, in the in the past with the old GM, you'd always just have, the, you know, grow your own guys, which is good. I mean, here's, here's the thing I can say about Green Bay for sure as a Bears fan. You're looking at Green Bay as a team over the years that grew their own talent. Didn't go into free agency very often because they knew what they wanted, so they hit on a lot of their 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 draft picks. But the thing is, is that when you need to be able to fill a hole here and there, you know, the thing I didn't like is that the Packers did not go into free agency, spend the money to find guys. And maybe with this new GM, maybe that is kind of a change of philosophy for Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I think a lot of I think a lot of Packer fans feel the same way. You know, it's 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 great to have the homegrown talent and all that, but. You know, there's a lot to be said for proven talent, you know, guys that have been out there and, you know, been in the league for years and years. So it's, there's definitely a lot to be said for the free agency, and it, it hopefully it's something that's different now. Silas Young from Ring of Honor Wrestling. You can go to ROHWrestling.com, go to the Pro Shop. You can get one of his T-shirts. I might even get that, uh, that, that puke uh, green and yellow. I might even buy that for you. I, mean, I might even yeah, do that just that, for you. That, that, that great Packers-themed uh, Silas Young t-shirt. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I saw that. I'm like, ah, I might buy it. Just for you, I might buy that. I, don't, I, might, <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might wear it at home. I don't know if I'd wear it out, but I definitely would buy it for you. Um, so, so here's what I'm thinking, Silas. When I look at the NFC North and I'm looking at the Vikings, I just thought that the only thing that was missing for them is, is a quarterback. I mean, strong defense. Offense was percolating really well. I'm thinking – with Cousins in the mix, if he stays healthy, is it is that not the favorite in the NFC? Looking at what, if Cousins can be able to harness that offense. Yeah, you know he's uh, he's definitely a guy who's proven himself the last the last few years, and I think they're, they're a team they did really good last year. And I, I I mean I think they they kept a lot of their players correct. They yeah kept a lot of their team. Yeah, I mean I think. I think they should do good. I mean, I don't want to admit it being a Packers fan, but I, I, I definitely like when the games are, are more of a competition and it's actually someone to beat opposed to just, you know, games that they consider gimme games and then they lose them anyways. 
All right, so tell me this. What's more of a rivalry for you now? Is it Bears-Packers or Vikings-Packers? Or are the Lions even in there at all? I think it's always Bears-Packers. Are the Lions in that conversation at all? Uh, I mean, I guess I guess since they're a divisional team, yeah. But I, I I just really feel like there's always been that Bears-Packers feud, so to speak, you know. And it's it's, it's just always they're just always good games, even even if they're I don't know. It's always a good build up to them. I feel like people always feel like they have a special feel to them. Absolutely, and that feel is us beating your ass. That's the feeling we love. That's the, that's the, that's the... When, is it, when when was that in the late eighties? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's when I got YouTube. I could get I could get a chance to watch a Don Mikowski out there. I can watch him. I can watch uh, you know a Forrest Gregg getting beat down by Ditka. That's those are my those are my favorite times as a as a Bears fan. So. So what, yeah, what's going to happen? Years to be Packer fans. Oh yeah, well absolutely, absolutely. But things are, are looking up. I just, I just think that the Vikings are the class of the division uh, right now, and I think that they could be a Super Bowl team. But I just want to see a healthy Rodgers and see what he's going to do. Do you? What? Do, how do you forecast it now? Before I ask you about ROH, what? How do you forecast it? Uh, does it come down to the Packers and the and the Vikings in the division? Yeah, I, I think it really is going to, and I mean, it seemed to be like that for a while now. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's definitely going to come down to that, and it might be a little bit harder for the Packers this year than it has been in the years past. All right, Silas. So here's the thing that I that really it surprised me in, in a in a good way: seeing ROH and uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling sell out Madison Square Garden next April. I mean that that is just tremendous for the business. What was your initial reaction when you found out the news? Uh, you know, it's funny you say that. I was just talking with someone about this the other day. Uh, you know, when I heard a couple months back that we were going to be running uh, Madison Square Garden, I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's amazing. That's, uh, you know, that's argue, not even arguably, that's the biggest wrestling arena in the world. You know, it's, it's a place everybody wants to work. So, you know, first off, when I found out that we were running and I, you know, I thought it was awesome. But then, uh, you know, the other day when I found out that it sold out in less than 20 minutes, I was, honestly, I was dumbfounded. I was amazed. You know, it's just you know, it's a, we're the first wrestling company to run there besides WWE since the 60s, and to be able to sell it all like that, that's an unbelievable feeling. So what does that say? Because outside of ROH, you're traveling to independent shows as well, and you're seeing crowds not only in the United States but uh, around the, the world. So so how do you look at, at wrestling now in 2018? How hot is it? For, for listeners that don't know, how hot is it outside of the WWE for you? It, it, it's huge. I mean, I've been wrestling for 16 years now, and I started in 2002, and that was after, you know, shortly after WCW closed and ECW had closed. And, you know, as a young guy, I didn't really realize how much of an impact that had on the career choice I was making, you know. So to see over the last 16 years, and especially really in the last just couple of years, how much wrestling has grown, I mean, I, I think the statement about Ring of Honor, you know, um, running MSG, Madison Square Garden, and selling out in 20 minutes. I think that, you know, that kind of says it all. You know, it's it's like this hot underground thing that, uh, you know, people are kind of paying attention to again. It's in a, it's in its uh, wrestling's hot right now, and it's great to be a part of it. I guess there's this so is much, the hot. Uh, go ahead. 
there's just there's so much there's so much different variety out there you know for depending what you like there's there's so much so much available content and it you know it's it's just awesome to be a part of it and it's awesome that it's not just these big shows that are selling out either you know like you said it's independent shows it's um you know it's everything every every part of the business is doing good right now how much has the business changed since you started off in the early 2000s for you uh, you know, it's definitely become a lot more athletic-based. Uh, you know, it's definitely always been an athletic competition, but, you know, the stuff that guys are doing in the ring in 2018 is a lot different than what was going on in 2002. Uh, it's just, it's it's changed. It's changed uh, in that way that it's more athletic. It's changed in the fact that content's a, a lot more available. You know, we have all these... Uh, these streaming clubs like Ring of Honor has the Honor Club. You can you can sign up. I think it's about ten dollars a month, and you can check out basically all the old shows, all the shows that we do on the road. Uh, they're always streaming live that night. Uh, you know, it's there's there's just so much more content available, and everybody everybody in the wrestling business has stepped up their game, so it's it's just gotten that much better as well. Silas, is there a territory that you would have loved to work in back in the day? I got a couple I wrote down. You tell me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, even to this day, I would still like to go to Puerto Rico. I've never been there. Uh, you know, I just think the whole concept of the territories was awesome. And I, I guess to compare it to something like nowadays is, you know, the territories died off. I guess in maybe the '80s sometime, uh, and and it's almost like the territories have come back. You know, you have places like Ring of Honor to work, WWE to work, Impact Wrestling. Uh, Lucha Underground, places in Mexico, places uh, in Europe, you know, they're running shows. There's multiple shows a week going on in Europe. Uh, you know, there's one, there's a company in um, Germany that's running 80, 90 shows a year. There's there's so many good places, but for like the old territories, if I ever would have ever gotten to work, I mean, I would have loved to work for, you know, work, to work in St. Louis. I would have liked to work the, the, the Carolinas, um, you know, down in Texas, you know, really everywhere would have been a great opportunity. What what were the ones you had in mind, though? Okay, so I wrote down that you would have gotten over huge with Crockett uh, in, yep. in the NWA. You would have been like, they would have made you like television champion, and you like <laughs> he would have been like United States champion. You would have been like against you know Jimmy Valiant and and uh, maybe Nikita when he turned babyface. I wrote down right. Portland with Don Owen. I, I thought that if you were in Portland, you and Buddy Rose and all that group up there, Roddy Piper was up there for a little bit as well. I think that you would have thrived really well in Portland as kind of being um, their champion in that. And it was short territory too, by the way, with Portland. It was just like Salem, Portland, a little Vancouver, maybe a little bit of Canada in uh, Vancouver, but it was like a lot of short trips. And right. uh, and lastly, I wrote down Eddie Graham's Florida territory, like you know, being with, dealing with baby faces like a, a, a young Barry Windham back in the day, uh, and guys like that, uh, Dusty Rhodes in Florida. I think that I could see your your style and your persona working well in those territories. Right, right. That, that makes yeah, sense. Those, those, that would have been yeah, absolutely. And those those are definitely all places that I definitely would have loved the opportunity to have gotten to work, you know, had I been around there in that time. Yeah. So, so tell us, um, for those that are, are really trying to figure out their manhood and try to figure out who they are, especially young guys, what, what is, what is the most important thing that men need to know to be a real man? You need to be, you need to be confident in yourself. You need to make decisions for yourself 
not have to go out and get the opinions of a thousand different people. Make a decision for yourself. Go through with it and, and, and be be ready to accept, accept the circumstances of your results. You know, sometimes things things don't turn out as exactly as you'd like them to be. But, you know, part of being a man is living living with your choices and the results of your choices and, and making better thoughts before you make your actions. You still – I mean, here, here's what's interesting about you watching you over the years. Man, you're just uh... – <laughs> I, I, it's 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 interesting to watch the fans and how they react to you. Like you are in some places, you're just a baby face, and I know that's not what you want to be necessarily want to be all the time, depending on what company that you're working with. But I think that people are gravitating to you because they want to be a real man. They don't they like the idea of of you coming after them after from time to time. Some of the fans, right, right. I think I think wrestling too is a little bit different in the fact that you know. In the, like the '60s, '70s, '80s, you know, people people really bought into the whole uh, you know kayfabe thing. You know, you had wrestlers who were getting stabbed or you know getting pee thrown on them, and right. you know just having having disgusting things happen to them because of people you know you know le- legitimately thought stuff was happening and you know wanted to kill guys. But I think I think nowadays, you know, obviously what we do, you know, is entertainment. It doesn't take anything away from it. I mean, it's definitely a very physical tough job it beats up our bodies but you know at the end of the day we're we're out there to to entertain people you know and people people are smart enough to realize that and i think i think a lot of times uh you know when people people are entertained they're entertained and it doesn't matter if it's if a guy's supposed to be a good guy or a bad guy i think people you know fans just recognize they recognize uh good talent or they recognize things that they feel is real or they can identify with and i i think that's uh i think it's a compliment in a way you know it's like i said it's not the the day of that guy's a good guy that guy's a bad guy it's it's the day and age of what entertains me and you know what do i enjoy so uh, I, I i take that as a compliment when that happens there's still fans that's trying to reach over and get you at you know over the rail. There's still guys that want to get get after you. You know that, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I always <laughs> I always love egging those guys on more and more. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, last thing I have for you, and I appreciate your time. Tell me a little bit about uh, about ROH for those uh, that have not watched the product enough. What what do you like most about how the company's going right now? Uh, you know, I've been with them for for five years now, pretty much full time. Uh, it, it's been a cool experience to to you know watch the company grow. I did stuff for them years back, off and on, but for the last five years, it's been full time. And to watch it, watch uh, you know us slowly be doing uh, more and more shows, um, starting to hit uh, different markets, doing more international tours. It's been a very very cool experience to watch something grow from the inside. You know, in the last few months, last six, seven, eight months, we've been doing bigger venues, which has, uh, you know, equaled into looking like a better TV product. Uh, you know, I also say, too, for the longest time, WWE set the standard in what pro wrestling is. And I really feel like in the last five years or so that it's it's honestly been more places like Ring of Honor and places like New Japan Pro Wrestling that set the standard in what pro wrestling is nowadays. Because you look at places like WWE and all their top guys are guys that came through New Japan Pro Wrestling, that came through Ring of Honor Wrestling. So really, if you're looking for what pro wrestling is nowadays, there's really no better show to check out than Ring of Honor because, like I said, we set the standard in what pro wrestling is. 
Well, Silas, I'm glad you spent some time here in Chicago on the program, and uh, much success for you and your Packers when you're not playing the Bears. So I appreciate you coming <laughs> on the program. <laughs> uh, thank, thank you, man. I appreciate it as well. Great to hear from Silas Young, his thoughts about Ring of Honor. And now we turn to Josh Lopez. Go to YouTube.com. Look for the Josh Lopez Wrestling Podcast. Also go to ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. You'll find Josh Lopez there. He joins us on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday here on ESPN 1000. Hello, Josh. Hoodie, it's a pleasure to be on the airwaves of ESPN 1000. Only one thing I do every single Tuesday after SmackDown is check out Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. So it's an honor to be on your show. Well, I really appreciate you coming on for sure. Um, before I get your thoughts about SummerSlam, Josh, I want to get your thoughts on the passing of Jim the Anvil Neidhart. I started off the show talking about uh, you know, how this has been a really difficult time for wrestling fans when it comes to um, deaths. I mean, it, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. But it just seems like uh, our childhood is uh, leaving us um, every time you see someone passing away. What are your memories of Neidhart in the ring? I am a big advocate of the 70s style of wrestling. I've watched a lot of old tapes of Mid-South Wrestling and Florida Championship Wrestling and seeing him having a tag team with Butch Reed or King Kong Bundy, even before he came to the World Wrestling Federation, did the whole Heart Foundation angle. I feel like Jim Nehart is very underappreciated as a tag team wrestler. I know he was a heavyweight champion in other promotions in the South during the 70s and 80s. Uh, it's just very sad, Jonathan, you know, uh, looking at the past couple years, especially during the summertime, we had these big rash of deaths. Um, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we just had Brian Christopher, Nikolai Volkov, um, Rick Stone Brown, and it's just, it's it's really, really sad, and you never know when's going to happen, and it's once you get to a certain age where it's just like, oh, once somebody's getting past 65, you don't know if they're going to be here or not. Josh, uh, on Raw last night, we saw, uh, I believe that was Dean Ambrose, or was that a miniature Triple H? I wasn't <laughs> sure. Um, but we saw Dean Ambrose come come back to Monday Night Raw uh, last night. W- what are your thoughts on, on Ambrose, um, his return, how he looks, and what are your expectations for him at SummerSlam as a, a second to Seth Rollins in an Intercontinental title match? Uh, it's perfect timing. I, I find it very ironic that he's coming back on the last Raw before SummerSlam, because if you remember last year, uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins reunited to form a mini shield before they ended the tag team match at SummerSlam with the bar, and they won the tag team titles that week. Now we're here a year later, and Ambrose cut back from a shoulder injury, and he looks very impressive. <laughs> I, the Triple H comparison is very valid, I'll give you that. I thought he looked a little bit more uh, British Bulldog during the Attitude Era, more than Triple H, but that's just my <laughs> point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean Ambrose uh, is a very talented wrestler. Uh, I'm very happy to see him back, and there's a lot of questions up here whether he's going to remain the uh, WWE version of a babyface as uh, not always serious all the time and cracking jokes. But that's the intrigue. You know, you got some to say a go-home show, and you want to meet people excited for the pay-per-view, and I think uh, Raw accomplished that last night. I'm calling for a heel turn at SummerSlam because the, the Intercontinental title matches Dolph Ziggler, the champion, taking on uh, with Drew McIntyre, taking on Seth Rollins, and Ambrose is the second in the corner of Seth Rollins. I'm looking for a heel turn there um, because with the new look, the new haircut, maybe he's, maybe he's not as much of a lunatic as we think, Dean Ambrose. I can see that. And you got to look at it um, 
just in, in general, just for the raw side, I mean, with the exception of a Kevin Owens and a Jinder Mahal, you can't really count on the uh, full hand of how many uh, uh, heels, top heels you have on Monday Night Raw. Um, I once had a fan of John Moxley before he came to the WWE, and he did amazing heel work. Even when he uh, first arrived to the WWE with the Shield or his FCW work uh, with William Regal, I think uh, Dean could do a very good job as a bad guy, and it's a presentation we haven't seen in almost four or five years. So it it, would be something new to the table. Uh, I know we've seen a lot of Dean Ambrose, Steph Rollins matches, but are you going to complain? I mean, how many Ric Flair and Ricky Sebo matches have you seen? And they've brought the goods each and every single time. Um, I'm totally open to seeing Dean Ambrose uh, making that switch. SummerSlam is right around the corner from the Barclay Center in Brooklyn and Josh Lopez from the uh, Josh Lopez Wrestling Podcast on YouTube.com and also ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So from top to bottom, Josh, what do you think of the, the SummerSlam card? What stands out most? What are you looking forward to seeing? I think personally it's been one of the better built SummerSlam cards uh, in the past five years, to be honest with you. Uh, I just feel like, um, you know, transcribing both Raw and SmackDown each weekend, definitely as I do, um, get to see congruent storylines through multiple views throughout the show, and whether you have a match that you may feel like indifferent towards you, there's a story behind it, and I feel there's a story attached to every match, whether it's Raw or SmackDown. And I'm very, very excited for the show on Sunday. It's one of the more summer slams uh, recently that I'm like, very, very pumped for. Um, there's not one match that I feel like, oh, it's going to ruin the entire show. And you don't get a lot of these things, Jonathan, but this is a big sport preview that's must-see. Um, what did you think of Renee Young on Raw last night? I, I thought she did a good job. I've always been a big advocate for Renee Young, even when she made her WWE debut in 2013, and uh, she did – a lot of uh, WWE talk show work uh, for the aftermath uh, when they're choosing the score network back in Toronto. Uh, Renee Young's a very talented broadcaster, as everybody knows, and I, I thought she brought a very good dynamic to the show. Uh, I've heard her do commentary in NXT before. I, I always wonder why they stopped letting her do uh, commentary, color commentary. It adds a new layer to the show, and I thought she did a very good job last night. Yeah, Michael Cole was gushing about her on... Um... On on his uh, Twitter page, I I find that third chair to be um, daunting, and I think it's an, I think it's kind of yeah. an uncomfortable position because that is the the chair that always gets crap for for no reason, quite frankly. I mean, whether it's Coachman, whether it is um, uh, Byron Saxton on SmackDown, or what we're seeing on NXT, I just think that um, that third chair, for whatever reason. Uh, is not a good chair for, because that that person always gets a lot of crap, and hope, I'm glad that Renee Young was able to survive that for the most part. I mean, uh, to me, it's everything should be about the ring. It should not be about the commentators and them, you know, really busting each other's balls back and forth. But unfortunately, that's what right. that it's kind of deteriorated into that um, for you know for in the WWE. But that's what they do. Um, how surprised were you of the sellout for ROH and New Japan Pro Wrestling at Madison Square Garden? For those that don't know, um, next April during WrestleMania week, Ring of Honor and New Japan will be coming together, and they will be at Madison Square Garden, much to the chagrin of the McMahon family, because that's their building over the years. But how much did that surprise right. you? How quickly that happened? 
Honestly, Jonathan, I'm not surprised at all. I think it's a true testament to where the professional wrestling business is right now. And I'm saying professional wrestling for a reason because I, I've been watching WWE since I was four years old in 1998, and they've always told me sports entertainment. So I take their word and what they're presenting. So WWE Sports Entertainment, other wrestling companies I look at as professional wrestling. And professional wrestling is in a good state right now. I mean, think about it to the fact you were doing a live wrestling talk show during the ads there when the business was super hot. And now you're back doing wrestling talk and people are interested. And we're having a live event during WrestleMania weekend at Madison Square Garden with Ring of Honor and Stan having this third, uh, synergy and this uh, partnership over the last four years. And it's, only doing good for the wrestling business. I, I'm not surprised by it at all. I mean, we got All In coming up in Chicago at the Sears Center Arena in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's it's a very good time to be a professional wrestling fan, and I'm not surprised by it at all. Josh, lastly, and I appreciate your time. As I look at the the SummerSlam card, I I want to ask you where do you think that the I don't know WWE Championship match will be placed. I, I assume that it's not the main event. Is it the opener? Is it somewhere in the middle? Uh, this is a, an ongoing thing we've talked about this summer, how I yeah. think that AJ Styles is is this generation's CM Punk with that title. He happens to be the WWE champion, but yet he can't get in the main event and major cards, and I just think that that is, that is wrong. I understand that Brock is the bigger draw, point is though is that you're minimizing the importance of the title if if the title's even hot i don't i don't even know how you look at it but i you would think that the the champion of the company would have main event status but with aj styles that has not necessarily been the case i i totally agree with you from and i i'll also at this point uh summer slam uh many of the big four shows is always different it's the WWE version for hardcore fans. This does show the hardcore fans cling to. You know, you're going to get your pop and circumstances at WrestleMania and the uh, Tyrone Ballyhoo at WrestleMania, those type of matches for the mainstream audience. And SummerSlam's for the uh, in and out smart crowd out there. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, back a couple of years ago, uh, it was a SmackDown match that made it the pay Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton and had no title on it. Brock Lesnar <laughs> knocked out Randy Orton during the match. And, you know, people were indifferent towards it. And it's a very interesting thing because uh, we really talk about we want some certain performers, uh, whether they're the WWE champion or not, in the main event picture. But when they're on, it's either the booking decision didn't go to the way you wanted or the crowd's indifferent, as we saw with Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins uh, at this last period, which is very unfortunate because both those guys brought a really good match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, there's no reason why I wouldn't expect AJ Styles and Samoa Joe to main event that pay-per-view. But also, don't forget, a couple years ago, Finn Balor and Seth Rollins were fighting for the universal title, and everybody was chanting for a color of the belt. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. and then they, when they give them, you know, you, you turn your back in it. I just don't understand that mindset. I can see up in the third hour show. I mean, it's going to be a six- or seven-hour show. I know I'm in, a long, I'm in for a long night typing-wise because I'm going to be covering the event live on Sunday. But um, I I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't shoot this. I just I don't trust the Brooklyn crowd to be honest with you. All right, again, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com, and don't forget to go to YouTube.com and look for the Josh Lopez Wrestling Podcast and subscribe there. Josh, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Buddy, anytime, my man. It's a pleasure, honor. Uh, last recording, Josh Lopez Wrestling Podcast with my brother Adam Daly. Hope you guys get a chance to check out the podcast and the website and. 
Love to come on the show again. All right, uh, Josh Lopez with us here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.